You are now listening to the Hot Take Podcast. Here are your hosts, Stephen Taroni and Josh Daddy. Time to make it hot. Oh, hey. You found the Hot Take Podcast, and I am back. I'm your host, Josh Daly, at JoshDaly72 on Twitter, and with me as always, the OG, Mr. Stephen Troni. Good evening, sir. Dude, I am pumped. We are back. It's draft season. I don't know if you guys knew, but uh, we're actually in draft season. It's uh, it's February, but somehow it, it's just always a good time to draft, Josh. Can't wait. I mean... It's basically become a tradition, and uh, this is Dr. Berm's first, uh, you know, right into leading right into it. Inaugural, as they say. Yeah. The way too early mock, as we call, you know, and uh, welcome to the show, Dr. Berm. Hey, great to be here. Like you just said, this is uh, one of the first times I've ever drafted this early, so it'll be interesting to see how this goes. Usually by this point... Um, well, I guess including uh, today, I've uh, pushed out everything that I knew from last football season, barely remember <laughs> anything, and haven't really followed all of the comings and goings maybe as closely as... Uh, now, this is Dynasty, I, I don't know. This is Dynasty. I don't know if you got the memo, but this is a Dynasty startup, so it's not technically a too early. I mean, it might be a little early because, you know, obviously the NFL draft hasn't happened. Anytime before that is kind of early. Yeah, a little early. But yeah, I'm looking uh, looking forward to see how this goes. Um, more more curious to see where uh, your guys' heads are at. You know, get a little insight intel into our league here. You know, just uh, just saying. That's a cheater. Yeah, I think I think this is like the third. This is the third time we've done this after the Super Bowl. And uh, Steve, like four years ago, you did uh, a mock back when you and Mick were on fan tracks, and we were um, you know just having fun. But this is the first time we ever done a dynasty startup mock as the first episode so with four members of the bro down by the way say that again four members of the bro down our our home league essentially oh yeah that's right so i mean without further ado we should bring in uh the fourth member of the bro down you can find him at twitter uh at the mick 23 and it's our good buddy mick chilello welcome to the hot take sir hey guys thanks for having me and yeah never too early to mock so i'm, I'm down it's all i'm all about it yeah you got you got to get your feet wet sometime you know absolutely and or year round yeah <laughs> all, year round. all day every every weekend um shout out to our buddy mark over at primetime mock um he's going to be doing that you know pretty soon as well so uh wanted to again thank you guys for tuning in Again, I want to remind you as well that the hot take is sponsored by Thrive Fantasy. You can go to thrivefantasy.com or download the Thrive Fantasy app today and use promo code HOT TAKE. That is all one word, all caps, all day long. Take advantage of that 100% deposit match, and that's up to $100 for new users. So stop in, check it out. You can also hit up the prop lobby uh, if you're not into dominating the big uh, slates as Dr. Berm has repeatedly this year. Uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, yeah, about perennial, about, yeah, about uh, but almost a month ago now, we did that episode uh, where we went over Dr. Berm's successes from the season. So, definitely, um, if there's one person on the show that can really, you know, attest to how much money can be made over there at Thrive, we want you guys to uh, take it from Dr. Berm, the big, yeah, money and there's guy. still basketball, obviously. I mean, like, oh, yeah. that's these are fun contests with basketball. So, yeah. you know, I think there's a lot to take advantage of, obviously with the overlay that we've talked about, but also, you know, some of these over-unders, they're, you know, generous a lot of times. So go over there and check it out. Yeah. Go and, uh, go and have yourself some fun again. Use that promo code hot take. It's an instant hundred percent match up to a hundred dollars for all new users. Go and sign up and prop up today. Nick, again, thanks for coming on the show, my friend. We're going to go ahead and get this mock started. We are looking at to get it pulled up here for everybody. I'm picking in the two spot, and we have Dr. Berm sitting at five, and then we have Mick at seventh, and then the professor's on the turn at 12. So he'll be 
He'll be going back to back here every couple rounds. And um, without further ado, I, I think we should probably get this bad boy started. Do you want to go over the settings real quick? Uh, it's 12. Yeah, it's right. just a uh, half half PPR. Uh, that's it. Single QB. So, yeah, that's that's it. I think there's those two flexes. Obviously, no defenses, no kickers for this uh, exercise, as they say. Um, yeah. But, yeah, you're at the two spot, like you said. So uh, let's get started. I'm going to throw it to Mick real quick. Just if you could just talk about, you know, what you're doing right now, if you're, you know, uh, what you have going on and, and what you've been up to and what you're going to be doing this offseason. Well, you know, I'm doing my normal thing over at uh, Fantrax HQ, uh, transitioning to baseball at the moment, but we still got a ton of football content going on. And as always, you can follow me on Twitter at the Mick 23. So, uh, yeah, a lot of stuff going on, but keeping busy. And like I said earlier, never too early to mock. So that should be a good exercise. Yeah, most definitely. And, uh, you know, we were talking about off air, but I would just love to, you know, congratulate you on your season, hitting the top 10 uh, for Fantasy Pros, for uh, top 10 ranker for Fantasy Pros three times a season. So that's that's special, man. What's yeah, it was good. I finished actually first in wide receivers, which is kind of random because my quarterback rankings were pretty terrible. But somehow I managed to uh, to get the top spot for wide out. So that was pretty sweet. Yeah, that's fantastic, man. And for those of you who don't know, Mick was the uh, the king of the rankings, uh, most accurate in 2020 for baseball. So, and you're you know, on the, the dude, clock, Mick. Yeah, yep. the dude knows. Uh, okay. The dude knows what's going on here. Um, so you know, so we we figured we'd have, we'd have somebody that's pretty accurate on the show. Uh, you know, whether it be football or baseball. What was that? I don't know what that was. Wow. You know, that's uh that I have the uh, desktop version pulled up. That's here. incredible. <laughs> yeah, and it's um, I'm not gonna lie, it's kind of scaring me. I'm, I'm I can go ahead and mute this for for us. And I'll, that should That's take awesome. care of that problem, well, gentlemen. I apologize. Those were sound sound effects included on a sleeper here. But... I got a little startled. to be totally honest with you guys, but let's bust let's bust into the picks here. Um, first off, team number one. Um, I'm not I'm not sure if they know that it's a uh, a dynasty startup. Yeah, that was weird. Because they went CMC, but it's beautiful. Uh, fall everything kind of falling into place after that. I went ahead and took Jonathan Taylor. Um, you know, I'm not gonna lie, I was kind of debating Jamar Chase there, but he went immediately after me, so I regret my decision. But Burn, you actually went first wide receiver off the board. You took Justin Jefferson. Yeah, so the plan was to go Jamar Chase. That's kind of why I took the fifth spot. I saw the uh, ADP that they had up and uh, was figuring that it, he would fall to me. But, you know, you got to pivot sometimes. And, uh, hey, Justin Jefferson, I mean, Jamar Chase, who knows how their careers are going to end up. I mean, they're both going to end up, I think, pretty good. So we have a complete, like, blip of, you know, like like that for the 101 with Christian McCaffrey. I mean, just awful pick, honestly. And then, you know, like you said, Berm, the ADP was a little off, but the right picks happened, I think. It, you know, it can be argued, but I would, I think those were the right picks. And then we, you know, Najee Harris and, and Justin Jefferson, I, I, DeAndre Swift getting the love that he deserves right there at 106. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm interested to see where he goes in these drafts um, because I think that he's right there. I think he should be in that top five, maybe arguably above Najee. It's, it's, that's close for me. It's interesting to see, you know, where these guys are going so far. Um, of course, I always go into these blind. This is always my first one of the year. So total transparency on my end. I have no idea uh, what to expect so far. You know, just a general idea. But that's kind of one of the reasons that, you know, I went Kyle Pitts here with my second pick after going JT. Mick, let's talk about your first two picks. You went Cook and Lamb. See, you know what's interesting? I was going to chime in. I was debating between Cook and Javante. So I'm kind of shocked that so many running backs went in between Cook and Javante. I think we've got six running backs that went in between. Um, I love Javante this year and, and for Dynasty. So, I mean, no Melvin Gordon, presumably uh, likely an upgrade at quarterback. I think Javante can easily be a top 10 pick this year. So I was kind of surprised to see him go 2-5. Uh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, man. But, you know, you uh, you ended up getting CeeDee Lamb right after that. Still, uh, still a stud. So I really like that upside there with getting Cook and Lamb, a couple of producers here as you're going into your third round pick. What are you thinking about here? 
don't know. I'm looking, I think I'm just going to go best available um, and take another wide out and go with uh, Stefan Diggs. That's a great pick there. Yeah, he solid start. should be in Buffalo for a while. So, yeah. Yeah, and so like I'm that. at a point right now where it's like, do I want to really just go in all in on the Bengals? Because you know I want to get T. Higgins here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, for the sake of this draft, us drafting and having fun, I'm definitely doing it. Um, but I would definitely, you know, consider that a little bit more, I guess. But, hey, when I'm thinking about it, why not? Like the reason I drafted Joe Mixon was because I love this Bengals offense, presumably for the next three years. And that's right. how I draft for – looking the next three years out uh, when we're talking dynasty here, Mark Andrews is pretty appealing. Obviously Kelsey's still on the board. And then again, I would have two chiefs. I'm going to go and get Mark Andrews here. Nice. So you're looking at build of Mixon, Hill, T Higgins and Mark Andrews so far. So that's pretty, pretty well-rounded. Um, that's not Kelsey got fourth, from me. fourth tight end there. Yeah. Kelsey right in front of Mick. And that's the fourth tight end off the board already in the fourth Drop into the so. mid fourth round. Interesting. Yeah. yeah that right. Interesting. That's where I was going to go. Yeah. See, we didn't even need to take slots next to each other for the sniping to begin. Exactly. And Mick, would, were you considering Swift at 107 if he was there? Oh yeah, for sure. I, I have Swift. I would have Swift over Cook and and Javante. So yeah, I would have taken Swift at 107 for sure. I like the bullishness on Javante. I was thinking going Mixon and Javante back to back there, but I went away from it. But that could have easily have been my pick. There was Javante over Tyreek. Yeah, I can see. I can see the reasoning for that too. So we're looking at, you know, Ridley, that's an interesting pick. Kind of risky in the fourth round still, if you ask me. Yeah. He is still very young if this is a dynasty startup that we're talking about, so I can understand that. Well, is um, he young? Still, still a little early for me. I mean, um, you know, when I mean, when you compare the uncertainty there compared to somebody like Mixon, who's still young, you know, you're going to get way more production, obviously. Um, but, Ridley's you know, turning 28 this year. Yeah, Ridley's 27 already, which is crazy. Oh, no kidding. Mm-hmm. 28 in December. Yeah, see, and that's that's the opposite of Mixon. Like, Mixon, people think he's older than he right. is. But he's still 25, he's I believe. Yeah. So, Berm, you went Deontay after adding a little Cam Akers. Uh, talk a little bit about your squad so far. Mm, well, he, uh, as far as the best available players on the board, I'm pretty sure he was one of the youngest, except for at least what I'm seeing here, except for like Travis Etienne, um, who is a potential landmine, who knows like his health or if he's like even going to be all that great. I mean, we haven't seen him play. Uh, so basically just uh, best available combined with youngest combined with uh, less least likely to be a landmine uh, was my reasoning behind that. That makes sense. You went for a little more safety then. Exactly. All right. All right. Um, well, Jefferson's great. Josh Allen, I mean, you get your QB. If this was super flex, obviously that would, you know, he wouldn't have made it there. But you know, I, I wouldn't go early on the QB. Akers, obviously a risk. And then obvious and then we also saw him, you know, not being able to perform at the end of the season. So is that injury related? Will he bounce back? You're betting on the offense. Uh, and then Deontay. That one's interesting because obviously no Big Ben. So that's a good thing, we exactly. think. But is it? Because it's like, I mean, he, he peppered him with targets. Is he really going to get more targets? So I will say that he, in his rookie year with Mason Rudolph, was really good. The volume wasn't there, but he was super efficient. And he was one of the best separators. So that was just him being great. Uh, that season so betting on talent there with both of those picks so it, I, I like it yeah I feel like anything that anything other than Ben there is going to be helpful um, <laughs> I, I know he gets a lot of those you know just uh, like high PPR uh, upside but I mean having a better quarterback is just going to I think end up resulting in even even more uh, production my, my guy fell to me here. Um, I was going to consider Josh Jacobs for sure. I think he would have been the pick, but my guy did fall to me. I might have gone Jacobs and then A.J. Dillon here if Jacobs was there. A lot of value in Jacobs this year. Dynasty, redraft. Yeah, we saw Jacobs getting used a little more kind of the way we thought he would, you know, last year. So I think that uh, 
think that helps. You know, if he can stay on the field, I don't see any reason that Jacobs would outproduce his current ADP, at least from what we're seeing in startups. You know, this being an example, going behind guys like Eli Mitchell, which, by the way, was Mick's last pick. Mick, they really trusted Mitchell to take the team a long way. Is that uh, kind of the bell cow theory there on that one? Yeah, I mean, I'm all about the 49ers running game. So, you know, mm-hmm. we, we know Debo's going to get some love, but for the most part, Mitchell's going to get most of the carries. I do like Jacobs, uh, particularly with uh, McDaniels now being the head coach. You know, he's very uh, very friendly towards running back, especially in the passing game. So I like Jacobs as well. It's kind of a toss-up for me there. Yeah. And then, uh, Professor, you went with Judy, huh? That was a tough one. Yeah, those receivers there was- – Definitely considering Claypool, Devontae, you know, so that's tough. That was a betting on talent situation for sure. You know, there was like, there was a tweet or something out the other day that I saw that was like, uh, who has the higher ceiling of, oh, actually, I'm sorry. I was on a show. I was on uh, the the coaches show with uh, Steven Pitano and uh, he's been a guest on the show. Yeah, Um, friend of the show. And one of the questions was, who has the higher ceiling of the three, and including Tim Patrick with Cortland Sutton, who has the highest ceiling? And how could it not be Judy, right? Yeah. I mean, I would agree. It's kind of shocking to see him and Deontay Johnson, you know, a whole round and a half difference. You know, like I mean, basically, yeah. you know, the way we're looking here, almost two rounds difference. And I just feel like those guys are a little more even. And they're both super similar too. I mean, these guys get open on a regular basis, very efficient route runners. They just, you know, maybe have some troubles with drops here and there, but um, it's hard. It's hard to see the picture with the, the QB, you know, situation the way it is. Yeah. And one can only think, you know, we're talking about two teams in play for uh, Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes, if that becomes a thing. And then you're talking the, whoever it is, one of those guys, either one, I mean, you could see Judy's value could, easily skyrocket past guys that we saw in the fourth round, like, you know, a Godwin coming off an injury or Deontay Johnson, for example. So it does make a a lot of sense in that regard. You know, I need to add some depth to my receivers here. So I went with Ayuk because I I do think with him getting a little more involved as the season went on, I feel like that was a good sign, even though he kind of started off last year in the doghouse. You just have to think that's a little bit of professional development. Uh, coming into play here. Can we talk about the Hollywood Brown becoming a pro gamer? Like, is that a real thing? <laughs> I don't think that's a real thing. I couldn't tell by the tweets I've seen if it was real or not. Like, um, he might do that, but then not retire. Like, I feel like he can do both. <laughs> right. Right. It seems like uh, nowadays, though, you can make probably just as much, you know, doing that. So. Uh, what's this? What, uh, update me on this. What's he doing? He's he's doing something. He's playing games now. What? Yeah. Wasn't it to play like Rocket League or something? I don't know the game or if it was a specific game, but he was like about or he's talking about being a pro gamer. There was rumors that he might retire, all this stuff. Okay. Well, that, yeah. I totally missed all that, but that would be a really interesting uh, story in the offseason, I'd say. Uh, definitely. And that, look, and Mar- Marquise is still living in the seventh round territory. And this is where he was in our actual startup, Josh. This is where I drafted him in our actual startup two years ago or three. When did we draft that initial startup? Three years ago, two years ago. Uh, That was the 2020. That was the COVID summer. So he was like 708. I drafted him. I ended up flipping him because I gave up and I gave him to you and you traded him the Florio. And He's great. Yeah. Is what happened. <laughs> he, <laughs> he is who he thought he was, right? Yeah, exactly. And you know, that's just how it goes sometimes. But like, I saw something, you know, the other day, uh, and this was on Twitter. And I wish I could cite who it was. But why would they go away from this style of offense? Do they really want to go back to running the ball down everyone's throat? Yes, but the passing volume can still be there, and I think that they can still be a very good rushing team. And the passing volume doesn't have to go back to where it was. And I, I don't think it's going to. So, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm in on the Ravens offense. You know, Again. I'm more than happy to take him there at that spot. I mean, especially, you know, when we were talking in the seventh round. Yeah, and don't do it. I did and flip him for uh, Zach Moss and some change. <laughs> that's, not how you re- that's not how you rebuild. 
you know, this the lessons learned, lessons learned. Berm, you went with uh, Stevenson here, and, you know, you actually got a piece of the uh, Ravens passing game ahead of that, which, you know, hey, if the rumors were true, then Rashad Bateman, obviously his value is uh, on a very upward trajectory. So I do like that pick as well. Um, our squads are kind of coming together here. Uh, Mick, let's talk about Elijah Moore and um, specifically what he means to this build for you. Well, I don't know if I can speak rationally about Elijah Moore as a Jets fan, a long-suffering Jets fan, um, but needless to say that I am all in on him uh, from a dynasty perspective, even from a redraft perspective. I think things are looking up, at least from an offensive standpoint, and Elijah Moore had a couple of great games you know, in the middle of the season once he got a little more acclimated. And, yeah, I think, I think he's going to be the Jets' leading receiver for the next few years with hopefully – a franchise quarterback, which time will still tell on that. The jury's still out, but I think uh, I think the arrow's definitely pointing up for more. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, you followed that up with Darnell Mooney, another guy that I think uh, arrow's pointing up on him as well. Uh, as long as we, you know, I mean, you could probably say the same things you just said about Zach Wilson and the Jets as you know you could for Fields and the Bears. So, kind of kind of doubling down on that there. Yeah, for sure. And then, uh, Professor, you went with Brandon Cooks and Tony Pollard here at the last turn. Yeah, um, I always, I always disrespect Cook, so I, I just felt like I should get him on my team here. <laughs> I think he's he's a good player, and he always he always puts together one thousand yard seasons. Um, yeah. And then Pollard, yeah, I, I felt like I wanted to add to my running backs, and um, Pollard just he just does it on the field. I mean, he just every time he has the ball in his hands, it seems like he's making a play. Um, and there's it's just so valuable to have him. You know, you it's hard to trade for him in Dynasty. He, he's a valuable asset right now. And uh, you know, I, for that reason alone, I felt like uh, he was he was the pick. But I was also considering uh, Kadarius Tony actually. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, a little stuck here. You know, speaking of running backs, I'm trying to figure out. You know what I want to do. Um, I think I'm going to wait another round on running backs just because I don't really see any other screaming values as good as Hunter Renfro in the uh, in the eighth round right now. Um, and then a couple running backs go after me, which puts the guy I had my eye on a little further up the board. Um, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to take the Gus bus. Yes. And then wow. I hope that I'm going to hope the other guy that I want is still there when it comes back around. But uh, we'll swing it to you here, Berm. Uh, Kadarius Tony, I like that upside in round nine. Yeah, like Steve, uh, the uh, professor just um, refreshed my memory about this past season, and he was definitely showing uh, his talent. He had a couple of big games where, I mean, if he was healthy, and hopefully he is going forward. Uh, and has a competent uh, quarterback to throw it to him. I mean, he, he has a ton of upside. So thank you for reminding me that he existed. Yeah, he feels like he's the best Giants receiver, whatever for whatever that means. But I mean, I mean, he's better than Kenny Galladay right now. It seems, and like you yeah. know, I want I want Galladay to prove me wrong. I was big on Galladay last year, but last year Kadarius was the best receiver on the Giants. Yeah. Oh, no, I hear you. I was big on Galladay two years ago, so uh, I guess it's Berm's turn this year to be hop, you know, optimistic. I think we need Galladay. one. I think we need uh, one Galladay guy. Huh, All right, I'll be, I'll be the Galladay truther. <laughs> still got it in him. But, Berm, before that, year. Dalton Schultz, right? So you took Dalton Schultz before that. Um, now, in the ninth round, Pat Fryermuth went. Now, if it's me, uh, I got Dak on this team like I took earlier, by the way. I probably wouldn't have taken Dak that early in one QB league. I just wanted to kind of pair him and Cooper up. I could have went Cooper, Dak. So we could say round five, what what have you. But um was debating between Dak and Burrow. And, you know, had I not taken Pitts so early, I probably would have taken Schultz over Fryermuth. But if I don't have Dak, I think I'm taking Fryermuth there. Um what do you what do you would you say about that, Mick? As someone who already take uh, took Waller in the fourth. Yeah, I mean, in, in a retrospect, I, I think I probably took Waller a little bit early. Just looking at how it kind of played out, I'd probably rather have Hawkinson in the sixth, for example. 
then Waller in the fourth. Um, as far as Fryermuth, I do like him. You guys talked about, uh, you know, the Steelers most likely upgrade a quarterback. So I think all their their passing options should get a little bit of a boost. Fryermuth, you know, he's a very interesting guy. I think he's more a PPR guy, you know, than a field stretcher necessarily. But I, I definitely like Fryermuth a lot. Right on. And then uh, your last couple picks here, you went Singletary who definitely emerged as kind of the guy for Buffalo here throughout the playoffs and the very uh, ass end of the season. Uh, and then you got that stack with uh, Fields and Mooney. Uh, you got a nice young squad, but, uh, you know, uh, younger on the depth pieces, more so to speak. But I like what you're doing here. Um, and then, Professor, you went Maddie Snapbacks and a little Rondale Moore. <laughs> Yeah, we're back. We're back on Matthew Stafford's side. That that girl that ended up falling off the stage ended up being uh, a racist and a piece of shit, apparently. So it's fine. He did a good thing, I guess. I don't know. And then, uh, but I, because at first I was like, man, like, is this not more like a this soap is... opera? Like in the last week, like since yeah, it was like a big roller coaster. The whole the whole thing, the trade, the per, the trade to the parade to the collab. I mean, just weird. Yeah, and then Rondale Moore just going for age there. I don't, I'm not really thrilled. I was thinking about your boy Gallup, uh, but then I remembered the ACL tear, and that kind of mm-hmm. brought me to Rondale, actually. Yeah, I mean, I think Rondale Moore is a slam dunk in the 10th round, dude, compared to Gallup especially. I mean, you can let someone else take the gamble on that. Um, you know, I might be only taking Gallup as like a, a fifth or sixth wide receiver in a startup, something like that, if we're talking 12 teams. So makes sense, dude. Going back to you, Mick, you ended up uh, handcuffing Cook. Pretty smart there with getting Madison. I like that play for you a lot. And then, Berm, you went with another Arizona Cardinal there and uh, went with Christian Kirk. So basically now we all are up to having five wide receivers uh, except for Mick. Uh, So we probably know what way he's going here (laughs) next round soon. Um, Totally outing him here on his his next pick. Um, Maybe. We don't know. It's still young. Uh, the guy I was looking at was Khalil Herbert that I wanted to still be here. I think you could see a season um, play out here where David Montgomery just isn't even back next year for Chicago. Uh, the way mm. teams have been going through, you know, running backs, we got a new yeah. coaching regime coming in. Uh, we could be out with Montgomery, and Khalil Herbert showed that he was more than able to handle the load last year. So I definitely like taking a chance on him uh, as my third running back and kind of a depth piece. Um, but obviously. I'm not, uh, you know, overly comfortable because um, otherwise I wouldn't still be looking at running backs uh, right now like I am. Um, (laughs) But honestly, I mean, I I think I'm just going to kind of pass here and then um, maybe just take a shot on my boy Gabe Davis, who I think is uh, massive value here in round 11. Um, You know, I, I was thinking about him two rounds ago, to be honest, when I took Gus Bus, but I know I needed to get that second running back then. But liking the way this team's coming together on the back end here, um, Berm, you're on the clock now. What way are you looking? Well, I feel like I need a running back, but I'm um, not sure who to go with. Um, yeah, and while you're looking at those running backs, uh, Mick, you mentioned being a Jets fan. Berm took Michael Carter in the fifth round, a guy that I thought we saw show a lot of versatility this year, a guy that can really be played on all downs. Um, you, you optimistic at all? I mean, it's hard to say, you know, as a, as a suffering lions fan, I, that I, I feel your pain in most uh, scenarios. So it's tough to right. use the word optimistics, you know, when you're talking, when you're talking about guys, uh, for your hometown team here, but, uh, what are your thoughts on Michael Carter as Burm adds Kenneth Gainwell to that backfield? I do like Carter a lot. He's a very versatile back. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, you know, I was at the game when they played the Bucks, where he broke out like in a 40, 50 yard run early on in the game against one of the best runch defenses in the NFL. And if, unfortunately he got concussed and missed the rest of the game. But, you know, he had a game where he had eight or nine catches against the Patriots. And he's had a couple of games where he ran for a hundred yards or so. So, you know, I don't think the Jets have a lot of depth in the backfield. Um, so Carter's definitely somebody who should get plenty of work going forward. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that completely. Uh, and you are on the clock here, my friend for your 11th yep. round selection. Yeah. The wide receivers are a little iffy at this point, but I'm going to go with a little disgruntled Jarvis Landry here. 
<laughs> he's very disgruntled. <laughs> he's got something to prove, so hopefully he can uh, make it happen for me. Well, we, we know it wasn't Odell that was uh, the reason for, for things going poorly in Cleveland. Can't believe he fell to me. Mac Jones. And, I, I mean, I was going to get him over Matthew Stafford. I probably could have, but glad that he's there. I, I don't know. I think that – what do you guys think for 11-12? Do you think that makes sense, or do you think that's, like, way too late? Uh, honestly, uh, I think that was a great pick. Uh, I mean, he showed his upside. Uh, sure, he had some rough games, but uh, he definitely has the potential to be a really good, productive quarterback in the league. And he's you know, playing for the Patriots, so they're always going to be contenders. Uh, they're always going to make sure things happen for him and give him the pieces that he needs eventually and uh Hopefully he gets those pieces. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think he can, we saw it. He can have games where he, you know, he goes, just gets you those two touchdowns. I mean, he can be just a solid uh, fill in guy. Um, But what if, you know, like what if all of a sudden this Patriots offense just completely turns, like we're talking about the Ravens offense, things change sometimes, you know, and, you know, we can't just pigeonhole a certain offense just because we don't like, what they're doing, um, things can change overnight. Yeah, most definitely. Um, Professor, you followed that up with Josh Palmer pick. I absolutely love, and we're starting yeah, to get this. Uh, we're, in, we're in round twelve. You know, um, yeah, we're starting to get to the territory where, you know, if you are debating between a couple guys, maybe just take the guy that you like better. Um, yeah, younger offense, uh, you know, it, it might be easier to get like a, a known name, like a Will Fuller, a Corey Davis, Devontae Parker even, but why not take the shot at this point, right? And then, you yeah. know, obviously the offense, it just makes sense. If you want to tie him, you're tying him to Herbert. We don't know what's going on with Mike Williams. Um, Keenan Allen is get, is almost 30, so yeah, you never know. No, I, I totally get that. Um you know, and then we go to Mick, who actually adds Mostert to his backfield. So you got the double handcuff here, bro. Um, curious, is that something that you do in Dynasty Leagues in general? Or, like, I mean, is that a strategy that uh, that you have some data on? I, w- I wouldn't say I do it purposely um, in the sense of a Dynasty League. But because especially with running backs, they're so year to year as far as their production. You know, we, we thought Trey Sermon was going to be the Niners back six months ago, and and now he's nowhere to be found. So I don't I don't necessarily make a practice of it in dynasty leagues, but I just kind of like the value here, just having another guy in that 49ers backfield to uh, take a stab at. Yeah, and I am I'm just a shameful host, man. I'm trying I'm in here trying to engage everybody and just do a little too much. I got auto drafted. And when you're this close to the turn <laughs> and you have Autobots drafting with you, unfortunately that means you're gonna get auto drafted twice. Um so instead of a Kirk this is my idea of what I would have done. Um instead of Kirk Cousins and Evan Ingram, um I was definitely eyeballing Nico Collins. Um that's yeah. something that I would have liked to add. Um, I also was looking at a couple running backs here, um, but since I wasn't able to do that, um, we'll just move on. Uh, one one quick point that I did want to make, one of the running backs I was eyeballing was Keyshawn Vaughn. Uh, Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones are both have uncertain futures at this point. Tom Brady's bounced. Um, that's <laughs> My guy, the professor, cleans up, cleans up, a mess. It was a bailout. It was a bailout. You you made great points, Josh. There is a path. There's definitely a path. You can see, uh, we know that he wasn't, you know, Tom Brady's favorite running back. Um, He also kind of, I mean, he looked nervous, dude, when he was out there early on, you know, last year, um, barely saw the field this year, the same thing. Uh, but when you got Lombardi Lenny, I mean, genius, you know, who can blame you? But you got to think yeah. that the Bucks are going to be dismantling all these pieces. Right. A lot of one year deals that came back from the Super Bowl last offseason, this time last year. Oh, you know, the Bucks brought back the only team to bring back, you know, all their all their starters. Um, and they made a deep run. But Fournette's a free agent. Yeah. And definitely Keyshawn Vaughn could be the guy. 
I mean, it's yeah, not and, a normal possibility. They gave um, him a pretty decent amount of run towards the end of the season when Fournette was hurt. I, you know, there were a couple of games there where he carried the ball 15, 16 times, and I didn't think they would trust him that much given, you know, the fumble issues he had last year and things of that nature. But they trusted him, and he kind of came through for him. So I could definitely see them giving him a little more uh, leeway going forward. So they yeah. they they gave him the start against the Jets, I believe. Um I think they didn't want to rush Fournette back. Fournette was out. So, yeah, they gave him the start there. Um, and that he was a huge DFS play that week. I, yeah. I, don't, think he, I don't think he returned his value. Or maybe I, – I remember he didn't get into the end zone. I th- Oh, no. He yeah, did. he didn't do much in that game. Yeah, kind of yeah he didn't do much. I think he got into the end zone, though. Yeah. And then Le'Veon put some work. But, yeah, I think in the first round of the playoffs, it was pretty much all on. Yeah, and so what? Fournette leaves, let's say, and then it's just well, Ronald what Jones. Kind of path does a, a team? What kind of path does a team with a rookie quarterback or a very young quarterback that replace, you know, a guy like that? I mean, usually it's like a rookie or you know something like that. And I mean, those those teams tend to trend towards you know a ground control, you know, offense where they're running the ball a lot. And you know, Vaughn could see himself getting a, a hell of a lot of work, you know, a lot more than people I think are expecting, especially when you're getting them, you know, in this, obviously, you know, most dynasty startups are going to be a lot longer than this, but, you know, for the sake of the time of the show, we want to keep it uh, around 40 minutes, which, uh, you know, we got a couple minutes left here. Um, Josh, just something I just saw, I'm sorry to cut you off, but something I just saw, cause I love, like, I wouldn't see where Jalen Waddle went third round. Like, that's great. First of all, like, that's a great place to get Jalen Waddle in the third round because next year, I don't think you're going to be able to do that. So what if you went Jamar Chase at two, Cooper Cup in your second pick, and then Jalen Waddle? Imagine that team with like those three stud receivers to start. Can I be honest? The, when we did our hot take dynasty, um, I started I, not intentionally, no, no plans on it, but – I started three wide receivers, if you'll recall. And uh, those three wide receivers were Mike Thomas, Juju Smith-Schuster, and I'm drawing a blank on the second one, but it was a complete disaster. Yeah, that doesn't uh, sound great. (laughs) And, I mean, that's how you finish. You know, when you miss on your first three picks like that, um, that's how you end up last two two years in a row. Um, But that's also how you get the first pick. You know, and you traded you traded me Mike Thomas actually in that Hollywood Brown trade, and I didn't get to do anything with Michael Thomas. I haven't done. I think he played one game that I had him, and then he got hurt, and that was it. It's been a long time <laughs> since I've seen him. Yeah, and I mean, I you traded him at the right time. Yeah, but I can't. You know, I can't leave uh, people hanging here. I definitely want to find the uh, the third receiver. I'm just I'm drawing a total blank on on who the receiver was, but. But yeah, I mean, you know, things change and and drastically at that. Um, but this, you know, you backfill it with guys like Hollywood Brown, so you can go and trade him for Zach Moss later. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, just to kind of put a bow on uh, on what we were talking about, though. Um, you know, guys in the thirteenth round are, you know, if you get if you guys stumble into value like Vaughn or or somebody like that, I mean, it's just uh, it's just such a huge windfall for you, but. Um, yeah. But yeah, let's go over these teams real quick. Uh, I ended up going Kyle Pitts in the second round, followed by Jalen Waddle, and then I stacked up a couple Cowboys with Dak and Amari Cooper. Who Cooper is not uh, bad value, I think, in the fifth round. Still a little younger than people think. He's not. Uh, he's no Calvin Ridley, you know. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, some of these guys, man, the age really, uh, the age number can really put a uh, can really trick you. You know, we can know guys like Juju are a lot younger and. Uh, and things like that, but uh, ended up rounding out the receiving core here with Ayuk, Hollywood Brown, and Hunter Renfro. So I think still ended up with a really strong stable of receivers. One that I mean, if anybody's on buy, I mean, you're talking about putting Hunter Renfro in the flex uh, basically every week, which I'm completely comfortable with that. Uh, then went Gus Bus, Cleo Herbert, um, Gabriel Davis, and to round out the team, uh, got auto picked a lot. Um, <laughs> Dr. Byrne, we already talked about, um, you know, going Jefferson, but uh, we'll run down your squad here. Uh, we didn't really talk about Josh Allen going early in the second round. Um, if you want to talk a little bit about that and then kind of how the rest of your team shook out. 
Well, I mean, what what is there to really say about Josh Allen? I mean, he's going to be a great quarterback for years to come. He's going to be going in the first uh, couple rounds of just regular season, uh, uh, season-long drafts. Uh, I mean, his upside is huge. Um, I will say, though, that my draft really fell apart at the end there. I feel like uh, after like uh, Christian Kirk, the rest of those were basically just garbage. Um, and would absolutely <laughs> not do Barrios. any of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's go. DFS darlings. Let's go. <laughs> the shout out to Braxton Barrios. I love yeah, it, man. Come on. Of course. I mean, no, he'll probably be a free agent, but uh, you know, he could <laughs> land somewhere and who, who knows? You know. <laughs> No, your your draft your draft was good. Uh, I mean, Kadarius Tony there, obviously. But I Ken, I was looking at Kenneth Gainwell. You you took him, Van Jefferson. Like these are all just like big upside guys. Ramondre Stevenson, great yeah. value in the seventh round. That was probably one of your better picks. Um, I, I mean, was going to say, I think this team has the most upside of the four of ours. But would Nick, agree. Uh, you can debate that if you'd like. We'll talk about your team here next. Of course, we went. Stud running back in the first round with Dalvin Cook. We kind of talked about uh, that and then taking Lamb. And we spoke about Diggs a little bit as well. And maybe you kind of wish you waited on Waller. But uh, go ahead and we'll dig into the rest of the squad here. Yeah, I mean, I think I think my receivers are solid, especially starting two with two flags. I got Lamb, Diggs, uh, Elijah Moore, and Darnell Mooney. So I think those are a solid core of wide receivers. You know, the running backs, it's going to depend on if, if Mitchell and Singletary can kind of replicate their 2021 season. And, you know, I got the upside with Justin Fields. I think in, in most cases, I'd probably, you know, back him up with a second quarterback. If, we, if this was a longer draft, we had more picks. But, you know, you could always grab a backup off the wire if need be. And uh, the last few picks, you know, just kind of handcuffed a couple running backs and took a couple wide receivers for depth. I probably would not take – Terrace Marshall, I'd probably take a, a receiver, you know, possibly a rookie, incoming rookie into the NFL, you know, as opposed to Marshall. But, you know, Marshall does have, have some upside there in Carolina. So we'll see, kind of see how that plays out. Yeah, his his value just dropped so much just from the one yeah. season. And it's it's really unfair, honestly. Like if if you were high on Marshall, you got to like stick with that. You can't just go away from him. Because, like, for me in particular, uh, and Josh, you like, we both were high on him. I know going into uh, a, a startup like situation like this, I wouldn't be putting Marshall on like my list, but I should, I still should be. So that's just kind of like I think that's a good pick there. Yeah, he's still um, like twenty one. He's turning twenty two in a couple of months. Yeah. But... yeah, I mean that's a great pick there. You know, uh, considering I went Josh Palmer, and that's a great example. I went Josh Palmer, something I would have never thought about doing. Right. But this year, that was a very this year uh, oriented decision. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Just real quick, wanted to point out my favorite CPU team. It's probably team eight. Um, they ended up going with Mahomes, <laughs> Javante, Aaron Jones, getting the stack with Kelsey, going Mike Evans as their wide receiver one, uh, getting the Monroe St. Brown. Uh, yeah. They're a little weak at the third receiver spot um, with Julio and Justin Gage. Or he Russell, I did Justin it again. again. <laughs> I did it again. It's Russell Gage. Um, that's, that's my move. So on brand. But, um, and look, the savvy Marlon Mack pick. Free agent. Could get signed. Come on. Yeah. That's a good pick there. I, yeah. I, do, I, do like the, I do like the penny pick in the eighth round also. Yeah, they're you know they're they're trying to flex between Connor and Penny every week, and if Penny ends up taking that Seattle job. You know, watch out! I think teammate is a team to beat, but we'll see. Professor, yeah. quick review. Uh, yeah, I I just think I did a mix of like going you know getting my guy. Uh, they were just kind of like falling into place there. Uh, Mark Andrews, I always draft. Um, pretty much just got my guys up until Brandon Cooks, which isn't my guy, but. Kind of went against the green there, um, and he's just so consistent at that. What he's my wide receiver four. I got Judy the pick before, so I think it makes up for that. Um, and yeah, it, you know, I, and then I got some young guys at the end. So yeah, overall yeah. a good experience here. Um, Mick, um, do you have? Are you how many like dynasty startups are you actually doing on a yearly basis? How many dynasty leagues do you typically participate in? You know, actually, Dynasty is not my forte. I usually do one 
that I'm, I do pretty consistently. But other than that, I pretty much stick to redrafts. But I do have one dynasty league I'm in. Yeah. Yeah, Josh, I, I mean, you were – obviously, you are the DFS guy. You were the DFS guy. But Dynasty, I think, is like one of your – you know, how, how do I put it? it? It's one of those things that you're like – real. I feel like you should be more known for. Yeah, I mean, especially nowadays, like um, now that sports betting has been legal, I barely even play DFS. Um, and that's mostly a profitability decision. You know, it's so hard when you run into people they are like, oh, yeah, you know, like who are you rooting for this week? And the answer is always my bankroll. Um, <laughs> so it's it's tough because, you know, it's hard to explain. But um, but yeah, a lot less DFS, um, more props, more thrive, like, uh, you know, stuff like that. And um, yeah, Dynasty is fun, dude, because. You know, when you're married and you have kids, you know, you get into this situation where you can't have like seven drafts in August or else, you know, that's like borderline, you know, I mean, right. you're still uh, like, you know, 24 hours away from your family, basically. And it's uh, yeah. is it just dynasty just easier. They're your dudes. You know, you yeah. got this list of guys. I mean, if you if you really like a guy, that's where you really get into deep sleepers. You want to take a shot on a Josh Palmer like that's your dude. You're getting like. My, my Gabe Davis, that's looking pretty sweet now. You know, I might have finished last in two two years in a row, but you know, I got di- you know diamond in a the rough there with Gabe. I, yeah, um, I think you have Elijah Moore on that team too, if I'm not mistaken. Um, well, you got some guys a lot of young running backs. You know, we got Javante and some guys like that. There's yeah, Joey Joey B and Trevor Lawrence. I mean, it's you know, it's a team that's built for the long run. It wasn't built for the first uh, for the first couple of years, but you know, there's a mix. You know, I have a team that uh, that won a title. Uh, in the next fan up league. And then you have, uh, you know, a middle of the road, a couple middle of the road squads, like some rebuilding. And, um, and it's something you can do, you know, the rookie draft is short, you know, it's most time it's a slow draft, at least all the ones I play in. So everyone's kind of on their own draft clock. Uh, you know, it's in, in May, maybe sometimes it's in like June or July. Um, so it's just, it's a lot, there's a lot more flexibility to, to live your real life, you know, and be a grown up you know, do your responsibilities like work. And um, so I really encourage everybody to kind of check out dynasty if they have, you know, really only been getting into redraft because it is a ton of fun and it's a year round thing. I mean, people were firing off trades in one of my leagues, you know, I don't know why, but like three trades went down the other day. Um, It's like a chain reaction. So it's, it's just a ton of fun. So definitely encourage everybody to check it out. Where do you stand on the uh, trade deadline during playoffs? (laughs) You know, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like having a trade deadline during. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah, I, I feel like there are times, and you know, I do. I have a couple of my dynasty leagues do uh, have that uh, implemented, um, and I do like the safeguards that it offers. But at the same time, uh, there was a couple of clear deals that I could have made to, um, you know, help help both teams. You know, for you know, long term for my squad if it's rebuilding and. Um, you know, really help somebody out that, that has a legit shot at the, you know, going for the whole thing. So, well, yeah, that's what I think. I think it adds a little bit more strategy to kind of, you know, indeed. Yeah. You can go for it, go for, go all in for the championship or you can, you know, mortgage for the future and yeah, the other side Re- can, can reload. So I, Re- I kinda yeah. Like, redraft. You have to have a trade deadline. And yeah. Redraft for it's sure. One and done thing. You know, if you're yeah. not playing in leagues that have a trade deadline, your, your commission probably is crooked. I'm just saying. Um, but you know, in in dynasty, it is a different ball game, that roadmap or that roadmap, that path to the title. Um, it can take a quick left turn. If somebody just bang, you know, like a dump, like dump trades as some people call it. Um, but some of those are legit, you know, like there's, there's been times where I've, we've seen elite get swung. Um, you know, we, if we really want to talk dynasty, we should have our guy Ben Eby on here. Uh, <laughs> again, you know, he, he just, he's won the hot take uh, a couple years in a row and uh, Ben's very into, to Debbie as well. So, um, you know, I love, if you're tracking these guys from when they're high schoolers, when you already automatically have a leg up on a, on a dad like me, but, um, <laughs> but it is fun, man. And so definitely great question too, Mick. I'm glad that you brought that up, man. And, uh, dude, really, really appreciative of your time tonight, man. I know you're a busy guy, uh, especially with baseball, maybe starting soon. I don't know. That's a whole nother show, a whole nother topic. It's, it's not looking good, but I'm on, I'm on deck to draft and Ras and, uh, Raz slam. So yeah. It's okay. <laughs> okay. Little, uh, little industry action, uh, you know, kind of, uh, an industry draft, kind of like, kind of like the old Scott fish bowl, you know, um, exactly. football. 
but uh but yeah that's uh it's been fun man coming on and, and doing the uh the dynasty startup uh berm i'm gonna throw it to you for just a split second any final thoughts on this uh your first post super bowl hot take mock uh but yeah it was interesting uh i feel like this this draft went well it was a learning process but um you know it's uh it was fun i'm glad this isn't actually my team though <laughs> I feel like I could do a little bit better um, if, if this was right. for real, but yeah. Yeah, same. I think we all feel the same way, right, you know. Right. Like it's it's like I said, we we usually come into this blind. Um, you know, I don't do any mocks before we get on here. Well, I was in, I'm completely blind. I mean, you might as well just like uh, wipe my memory. Like uh, you watch the organic reaction. Men in Black, they do the little memory erase thing. <laughs> Basically, that's what happens every year after the Super Bowl. Right. It's like, oh well, there goes all that football knowledge. <laughs> yeah. It's good to get a nice early refresher. Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, I think these do kind of keep you know ADPs in the back of your mind at least uh, gives you a nice reference point point to start. But yeah. Professor, any final thoughts, my man? Man, just uh, glad we could have Mick on. Of course, uh, you know, I mean, back in the day, fan tracks. Like, come on, man, we came up together. Uh, it's just <laughs> great to have you on. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm just. I'm excited for for the season. Excited for the off season, really. I mean, this is again, this is where this is where the nitty gritty happens. This is where I have the most fun. I would say, leading up to uh, the rookie draft and then going to you know August uh, for the draft. So uh, great show. And then uh, you know, look, uh, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Obviously, we're doing this live. We do it live, uh, but we also put it on on the pods and uh, go over there. Subscribe Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all of that. So. Yeah, see you on the Twitter sphere. Yeah, 100%, man. We uh, appreciate all of you guys tuning in, whether it's on the YouTubes or uh, on the audio version. And we uh, want to say we will hopefully catch you guys in the mock draft streets here coming up sometime soon. And just a quick reminder that this episode of The Hot Take has been brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Again, go ahead and check them out and use that promo code Hot Take for 100% deposit match up to $100 for all new users. For myself at JoshDaily72 on Twitter, for the professor at FFProfessorST3, for Dr. Berm at PeaceByInchesFF, and for Mick Chalella, our special guest today, you can find him at the Mick 23 on Twitter. This has been the Hot Take Fantasy Football Podcast. 